May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If you were here last week, you caught uh, the first sermon that uh, covered that gospel reading, the first part of John 6. Uh, And if you weren't here, why don't you just raise your hand and the person next to you will give you a brief summary of what that sermon was about. Okay. Oh, you're not talking. Okay, I'll do it. The, the brief summary of last week's sermon. The, the big main point was that Jesus was saying that we need food for our spirits. And Jesus is the one thing that feeds our spirits. So just like our bodies need food, our spirits need food too. Only we can't get that spiritual food, unlike our, our food for our bodies. Only God can provide that food for us. And the reading last week reached its climax when Jesus said, not only does he give us that spiritual food that we need, Jesus said, I am that food. I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, Jesus could have stopped there. That was kind of a mic drop moment. But he didn't. He kept on talking. He kept on talking about bread. I think he mentions bread six or seven more times in the gospel reading today. And he keeps talking about himself. Even when the people start grumbling, he doesn't back down. He keeps using this language about bread. And, and so it gets me wondering, why? Why is Jesus talking in this way? Now, it's clear that Jesus is talking about some really important stuff. He's talking about himself. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about us. So why doesn't he just drop the metaphor Why doesn't he just drop this this bread language and just straight out say what it is that he means to say? Well, it seems that this is Jesus' way of talking. We know that Jesus speaks a lot in this metaphorical language, in John's gospel specifically, but, but he does this all throughout the other gospels as well, not, not just in these one-line metaphors, but in extended metaphors and in those parables, those stories that are set in, in worldly terms, but were meant to talk about the kingdom of heaven. See, it seems that Jesus often reverts to these metaphors, to these parables, to the stories. When he's talking about something that's difficult, something that is difficult for us to comprehend and understand, and so he he puts it in, in language and in terms that are tangible, real to us, so that we can little by little come to a better place of understanding so that we can know what it is that he's talking about. He did that not only when he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, but here in John 6 he does it because he's talking about some some pretty deep stuff. See, if you would get a group of theologians together in a room and told them, all right guys, talk about John chapter 6, you'd never get them to shut up. 
because there is just so much happening in this short passage of Scripture. You have some, some really big points of doctrine, things like the Trinity, the communication of attributes, salvation, and election, just to name a few. So there's a lot here, more than a sermon could cover, more than a Bible class could cover. No, Jesus' words here could fill a library with theological treatises. And yet, despite having such a rich conversation, so many points of doctrine that he touches on, you can really boil it down to one thing. Jesus is saying that God brings us to faith in Jesus for our salvation. That God brings us to faith in Jesus for our salvation. That's the one big major point that Jesus is trying to say. And we might think, well, that's not so complicated. He could have just said that and he didn't need all of this bread stuff. But if you play along with Jesus, if you follow what he's saying, then you find that, no, maybe it's good that he speaks the way he does. Because this bread metaphor, it opens our eyes. It opens our eyes to what it is that Jesus is really talking about. See, we might say, oh, yeah, I know what it means that God brings me to faith in Jesus for my salvation. I know exactly what that's about. But Jesus might challenge your understandings a little bit. Because what if you thought of faith not so much as learning, but as eating? Some of you think, finally, something I'm good at. I can get behind this. But see, it's common for us to confuse faith and knowledge. We kind of think that they're the same thing. So, for instance, uh, we're going to have a Bible class here on the books of Samuel. So, we're going to be talking about some of the big people in that book. People like Samuel, Saul, and David. Uh, We might cover a little bit of the historical timeline. What, What happened before? When is this in history? So that we understand where we are in the story. We might even cover, you know, the outline of the book. So you, you know where the different parts of the story are so you don't get lost. And you can put all of that stuff together. And you can study all of that so you know it like the back of your hand. But what if we're approaching it all wrong? What if we didn't think of the Bible so much as a book, as bread? What if we thought of reading the Bible not so much as going to the library, but more like sitting down at the dinner table? What if you thought of studying God's Word, not so much as studying God's Word and to make it purely an intellectual activity, but instead think of it as time set aside to digest God's Word? See, it's not that uncommon for us to think, well, you know, I can 
I can skip a week of church, or I don't need to read my Bible because it's not like I'm going to learn anything new. I know the story. I get it. I know that Jesus died for my sins. You're not going to tell me anything different, so why is it that I need to come? But if we think about it in Jesus' way, how many of us say, well, you know, today I'm going to skip lunch because I just had breakfast three hours ago. That's not the way it works. But Jesus' bread metaphor clarifies for us the nature of faith. It is not simply about God informing us. It is more like he is feeding and nourishing our spirits. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with books. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. Pastors have a lot of books. We're not going to just throw them away. But if knowledge is all there is for you, then you do need to hear Jesus' words. Because Jesus wants this to be front and center. Ultimately, God is not just downloading knowledge into our brains. Rather, he is filling us up with his spirit. And he is giving us eternal life in his son. See, if you start to understand faith less like learning and more like eating, then everything else kind of falls into place. See, we know that we need to eat in order to live. If you stop eating, your body will shut down and you will die. The same is true when we think about faith in Jesus. Eating is faith. And and if we stop eating, if we leave that faith in Jesus, we don't have life. We don't have that everlasting life that Jesus promises, because Jesus is life. Jesus is life because he laid down his life for us, and God raised him up, raised him up again to that new life, to resurrected life. And if we don't have Jesus, we don't have that life. Oh, sure, we met We might have a pulse. We might be alive. But beyond the day-to-day, we don't have life. We don't have that life without end, that everlasting life that Jesus is talking about. What we need is Jesus. Because Jesus is that life. And so that's something that you hear us stress a lot in this church. You, you got it in the children's message, right? That, that we need Jesus. And so we talk about things like baptism, God's word, the Lord's supper, because in all of those things, we receive the forgiveness of sins. In all of those things, we receive eternal life, because in all of those things, we receive Jesus. In baptism, you are joined to Jesus, joined to Jesus in his death, but then also joined to him in his resurrection. And so you are raised to new life. In God's word, you are filled with God's promises, with his commandments, with his very word, his life-giving word. 
Next week, you'll hear Peter say, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Those are the words that God gives to us. And in the Lord's Supper, we quite literally bring Jesus into our bodies. As we receive the bread and the wine, we receive Jesus' body and blood that was shed for us for our salvation. See, Jesus is making that connection to our faith that just as food nourishes our bodies as we eat it, so Jesus feeds our souls as we receive him. He gives us that eternal life. He gives us the forgiveness of sins. We receive his grace and his mercy. Faith is less like learning and more like eating. And Jesus also is, is driving home one other point. He wants us to know that, that he is the bread of life. And there is no other alternative. That, that Jesus is bread, is life. And there's nothing else. There's no other bread for our spirits. There is no other life. There is no other eternal life outside of him. But you know what? Hearing that, it kind of rubs us the wrong way. We say, well, what do you mean? There, there is no other spiritual food outside of Jesus? That can't be right. Because, because I know, I, I, have, I have had some of that, that other spiritual food that's out there. And it's true. We have filled up on spiritual junk food. We have bought into false teachings, false hopes, and counterfeit gods. But you know what? All of those things leave you empty. They leave you disappointed, broken, sad. And when you hear Jesus talk about who he is and what he offers, you might say, wow. That kind of seems too good to be true. And, and at first, you know, Jesus' message may not sound as sweet as that spiritual junk food that you filled yourself up on. It may not give you that same kind of spiritual high. But Jesus' message is so radically different. So exclusive. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I don't think Jesus is saying, you just need a little bit of me and then you're good to go. You don't need any more Jesus for the rest of your life. Rather, I think Jesus is saying, if we have him, we don't need anything else. Now, he didn't say this as part of his metaphor, so I don't like want to add to the words of Scripture. But maybe in our terms, it's sort of like thinking of Jesus as that all-you-can-eat buffet. Everything you need is there, and you will never go away hungry. As long as you have that faith in Jesus, you'll never need anything else. You'll, you won't need anything more for life for eternal life. Every need that you have is met in Jesus. 
But you know, maybe, maybe it's even better than that. It's not just that Jesus gives you what you need. He gives us even more. More than we can possibly handle. And not in the bad way, in, in a good way. If you remember a few weeks ago, we had Psalm 23 as our reading, and Pastor preached on it. And, and in Psalm 23, there is that image that David gives, that, that, that the Lord fills his cup, and fills his cup to overflowing. See, God fills us. God satisfies us. But the good news is God has even more life than we have the capacity to hold. Because after all, God is filling us with Jesus. And Jesus is greater than we are. And yet, sometimes there will still be some people that will scoff and say, look, Jesus says he's the bread of life. Like, couldn't he have picked something a little bit fancier? Some, something something prettier, you know, something that's more Instagram-worthy. Because bread, that's so plain, that's so ordinary. Who wants bread when there's so many better alternatives out there? But I think Jesus chooses his words well. For Jesus, who is the Son of God, hides his majesty in the ordinary Jesus takes on human flesh to to be like us except without sin so that he can do the things that his Father requires, the things necessary to bring us that eternal life, to bring us that salvation, to make sure that we are fed and never hungry again. See, it's not so much that God needed to, to raise us up to his level Or that Jesus was sent as that great tutor that would prepare us for that dreaded final exam. Instead, Jesus says, I am the bread come down from heaven. I am all that you need. So I guess at the end of the day, the question is this. What do you do with that bread metaphor? How do you connect what Jesus is saying to to himself, to your faith, to your salvation? See, we spend so much time filling ourselves up with that spiritual junk food that, that Jesus is talking about something that can radically change our worlds. Do you do meal planning? Do you think about what it is that you're going to eat tomorrow, the next day, what it is that you need at the grocery store? Maybe Jesus is using language that speaks to us too. Where Jesus says, come to me, be filled. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who comes to me and believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, our Savior, and the true bread of life. Amen.